We've been in this series um, frequency, and we've talked about this tagline, um, release the sound of freedom. Yes? Are y'all here? Okay. So for seven weeks, we've talked about releasing the sound of freedom, how to do that. Um, if you've missed any of it, hey, go watch it online. They're worth watching. And so we thought we'd take the next two weeks as we wrap this up and talk about, like, freedom, right? So we've talked about, like, what to do, how to do it. You know, some of you are like, wait, I'm still confused. Do I have to sing loud? Can I sing soft? It's just releasing the sound of freedom. But the sound comes from people that are free, right? You with me? I've said, I've said are you with me, like, three times already? No, no, I know you are. I was just talking to myself. I need to come up with a different phrase. Are you tracking? I'm kidding. <laughs> this is Mike. Everybody say, hey, Mike. Let me tell you how this, how this came about in our Maria scripture. Um, we, were, we were eating some pizza, phenomenal pizza, and Mike's just telling stories. And I was like, you've got to tell that story. So I'm just going to ask him a couple questions. I'm going to sit back and listen, and he's going to tell some stories. Because I want you to understand radical, right? Listen to this from Psalm 145. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone who? Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. If you've ever had Mike pray for you, raise your hand. It's the recovery group. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know this man. is He's intense. Um, he's, there's some power there. He's proclaiming the great things that God has done, which is what evangelists do. And I told you this was the year to proclaim, and I, I believe that God is calling our church into evangelism. So um, to start with, just open book. Like you just, just tell us, you've shared some of your story here, but you know I'm going to ask you about the airport, right? So tell us what we need to know about your life to get us ready for the airport story, the airport story, y'all. So, so Mike, Mike is a guy that came from a very dysfunctional family. First 10 years of my life was an alcoholic father. Um, my mother was beaten constantly. Um, us kids were lined up and, and, and just a lot of crazy stuff. It was rough growing up, but we didn't know we had it rough. <laughs> Crazy. Um, but in third grade, I accepted the Lord out of fear. But it was heartfelt, and it was real, and it was passionate. I just didn't want to go to hell, be beaten by worms, and I just violated it. That was a good, that's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. That was, and, and for a third grader, that's pretty intense. So there was a little manipulation there, I think, given that kind of stuff and none of the good stuff that had luxury, you know, eat wonderful and it's glorious and it's the big and it's the walk with you, all that, none of that came to me. 
but then now, if you've ever been a part of a service where the pastor said if you know if you if you don't know that you 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 know that if you died right now you'd go to heaven you can relate to that yeah, yeah that there's some there's some pressure yeah yeah just a little bit so anyhow long story short fast forward get to about the age of 22 um in a situation which i won't disclose right now um just because it doesn't need to be um but it ended up being where a third grade came back to remembrance got up from that situation, got to a table, and the person across from me helped me to rededicate my life to Christ. Fast forward, I think I'm a Christian, and for 19 years, I walked what I thought was a Christian's life, but I led a dual life, um, and in that dual life um, was a lot of sin, a lot of stuff. I had a lot of addictions. A lot of things that were in my life that many people have in the body of Christ today. And uh, it came to a head and to a point where I walked away from God after 19 years. I looked up at heaven. I cursed him with every foul language that I could think of and told him to get out of my life. As I walked around the house from the backyard, a dear friend of mine who was an intercessor mighty man of God um, came and I looked him in the eyes and I said you're too late I want nothing to do with this life ever again it has been nothing but pain and misery and ugly and nothing good comes out of it and I he fell to his knees in my driveway and immediately went into prayer went into speaking in tongues and prayer and weeping, and I walked away from him and left him there. Got in my car and was gone. When, when Mike was telling us over pizza, and he got to that part of the story, that grabbed my heart. I, when's, when's the last time I fell on my knees in front of somebody who was not going to repent because their soul mattered so much to me and to God? Um, I've never met that man, but holy cow. I think, I think my follow-up question when we were eating pizza was like, what would you do with that? <laughs> I walked away. I didn't want it. I was so angry, and I kept telling God, get away from me. I don't want you near me. And I would speak those words, and he would always say, he would always say, I'll never leave you. I will never, ever forsake you I said get away get away get away that's all I kept repeating I don't want you in my life you, you bring pain you bring hurt I mean at that time I didn't realize I was the one bringing the pain and I was the one bringing the hurt because I wasn't really living a godly life now I you would think I was if you met me in church you would think that's a godly man. He knows all the right words. He knows all the right things to say. He knows all the right stuff. But nobody knew what was going on in here. And definitely nobody knew what was going on in here. But me and him. And I tried to blame him. So somewhere, anybody relate to this? You're like, well, I don't personally relate to it, but I'm sitting next to somebody who definitely... <laughs> 
We're so good at playing church. Yeah. We're so good at it, right? Um, so th the hope of this is that even when we're playing church, he's still hunting us down. He right? was. He was constantly hunting yeah. me down. I had conviction, deep conviction. I just still kept sinning. Uh, I had many addictions. And, um, and, and they weren't addictions like anybody would think, uh, you know. Pornography was one major addiction in my life. Um, adultery, sexual sins, heavy, heavy stuff. I'm not proud of those things, especially someone who's walking in the church, you know, and says, oh, yeah, and praying for people and seeing things happen and God using him. He used me for 19 years, but didn't mean I wasn't away from him, didn't mean I wasn't in a place in right standing with him. And I would repent, and I would cry out, and I'd go right back to it, right back to those things that I really despised, and that's what ended up happening. I ended up despising myself till eventually it rolled around into my own family, and the same things that I was doing started happening to me, and I I broke, I just couldn't handle it, and I got angry and bitter, and a serious root of bitterness entered into me. And um, bitterness will separate you. And it'll make you have choices to separate. And that's what I did, yeah. separated from God. Yeah, and, and I think we're, we're getting close to the airport Very at this close. point. And I wanna say, I saw this week on social media, somebody put like the top three thing, the top three phrases that non-christians don't like to hear christians say i'm not sure this is really true but one of them was it's not about it's not religion it's relationship and i'm like they don't like to hear that i will i will proclaim that for the rest yes, of my life me too me too because what what you had known was that form of religion that yes. says hey if i look good on sunday or maybe wednesday but I can do whatever I want the rest of my life, with the rest of my life, then I, I'm still going to be okay. And yeah. God's always after the heart. Yes. It's like, Mike, you're my son. Uh, I want to love you like my you, own. Lord. I don't want you two days a week or one day. I want you all always, the time. Always. And that's what that phrase means. Just explain it to you if you've never thought about it. It, it. It's not a religion. It's not do these ten things and get to heaven. Come on, that's it's right. like, you're my son. You're my daughter. I want a relationship with you. That's what Jesus did. And that's what hunted you down, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you're going to give me to the give me to the bar. Okay. <laughs> so in the airport. So I walked away from God. So I went back to my old self, you know, um, I went back to not drinking. And um, so I'm, I got I was I had to do um, in the business that I was in at the time. I had to go get some continuing education. So I'm getting ready to head out to um, Las Vegas. What a great place to go for a guy that's in my place. Um, and that was not living for God. But I'm sitting at a bar and I'm, you know, just pounding down some drinks. And I went to call somebody and I accidentally called an old friend of mine whose wife is a pastor <laughs> in, in very prominent church in the area here. And the first words out of his mouth, because he knew the state I was in, was, you didn't mean to call me, did you? <laughs> and I went, who's this? Steve. And he goes, yeah, brother, how you doing? 
all pretty good now. I'm about five, six drinks in. I'm doing good. And uh, and he just got quiet for a minute, and he said, well, he said, what can I do for you? I said, I don't know. I wasn't supposed to call you. <laughs> I don't even know who I was supposed to call. Can't even remember. But um, so I called him, and then I, we talked for a few minutes. Don't remember exactly what all was said. I finished my drink. said, I got to catch my flight. I think we talked a little bit about that. And he said he'd be praying for me and that he had always been praying for me. So anybody that knew me from my past um, and knew where I was at, knew God's call and God's anointing and God's presence was constantly coming onto my life. They just didn't know all the crud in my life. And uh, for me to walk away and nobody knowing the crud um, was, was major. So I, I get on a plane and it's heading to Boston, and I'm sitting there, and this young lady gets on the plane, sits down right in front of me, and then almost immediately pops up, turns around, looks me in the face, and says, I was just praying. I'm a new Christian, and uh, I'm going to see my dad. I haven't seen him for a long time, but I know he doesn't know the Lord. He's been sick, and I just want to be able to uh, have him receive Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And God told me, and that's when I looked up at heaven and I got mad because I knew what was coming, that you would be able to tell me exactly what I need to tell him. And I'm just like, I told you, get the bump, bump, bump away from me. Why, why, why? And he just said it again, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. Tell us how you really felt. <laughs> That's how I really felt. <laughs> Maybe don't tell us. Okay. But the Holy Ghost was so powerful and so evident. And I looked her in the eye and I said, far be it from me, because I've been drinking all afternoon. And there's an older couple sitting next to me. And they were ancient. I mean, these, this was an old couple. And, um, and, and, and I mean, you, you just notice things about people. And I don't mean... I don't mean it in a bad sense, but it sounds bad. I mean, they were just old. Like, Time out. I got to get past. Yeah, it's okay. No, listen. Th what I mean was you could tell they'd been through life. How's that? Is that a better way to say it? They'd seasoned. Been seasoned. Through the, yeah, yeah, they were seasoned. Seasoned, seasoned and, and, and old. Heavily, heavily seasoned. R really, really, really old. Yeah. <laughs> he said heavily I'm just, seasoned. I'm just telling you that. I'm, I'm trying to be as real in this experience as possible. You're doing a great job. It's going through my life. So, but, so anyhow, so I, I look over at them, and they just smile at me. And I thought that was odd because, you know, I'm, I'm cussing out God, and they just smile at me. And I look her in the face, and then I tell her, far be it from me because I've been, you know, I'm about three sheets, four sheets into the wind, but I will tell you only because you need to know. Sometimes it gets emotional because the pain I caused my Lord and the hurt I caused my Lord, he still, he still loved me enough to say, oh, Mike, one of my kids is in front of you. One of my kids needs some help, and you're the one that's going to be able to do it, and I know you are mad at me, but you... Uh, you, 
You can do this. See, I know that now. I didn't hear that, but that's what he was speaking over me. And so, uh, so I led her through the Romans road. And she thanked me because she just knew if she would tell her dad truth, he'd accept Jesus. I don't know whatever happened. I don't know whatever happened. I don't know if he did or he didn't. I don't know. It doesn't matter. God was using this guy who was broken and separated. I was broken. And I was totally separated from him. It was my choice to be separated. I chose that because choices are real. And he still used me. The next thing I know, I feel this hand on my leg. And I can sense the power, the power of God. On this guy who was hating God. I had hate, I had bitterness. I hated God for all that was going on in my life. And uh, even though it was my fault, and even though it was me who was doing it, is how mixed up the enemy can, can do in your mind. He can take that stronghold and really twist it and, and really mess it up. And, uh, and all this old man said to me was, yeah, it'll be okay. You're going to be just fine. I'm thinking in my mind, fine. I'm not going to be fine. You know? And uh, we had a little conversation. I don't even know how it came about. And I found out that they were retired missionaries, 50 years in the field to Africa. God appointed them to sit next to me and impart into my life. Because that's what was happening when he touched me. There was impartation happening even though I was far away from God. And that God was still using this, what I felt like was a piece of dirt. That's what I felt like in my life. I was a piece of dirt, and uh, I was just going to walk like dirt and let myself be trampled on and just, I don't even know. I really don't. I don't know what it was going to be. But, um, Yeah. That was a powerful moment. Yeah. We landed in Boston. She got off, and I ended up in, in Vegas. And don't even remember what all happened in Vegas. I know it was an all-nighter at some rave. Now I was older, and it was a bunch of young people, and I'd never seen a rave before. And I didn't know I was there all night until I walked out, and it was daylight. But I was just, like, amazed. Yeah. But it wasn't affecting me. Yeah. Most seasoned people don't know what a rave is. Yeah. It was wild. There was a whole lot going on. I won't um, disclose. I have another question to ask you. Yes. But this, this is what I'm hearing in the pizza store. It's a pizza shop, right? We're sitting there eating pizza. The only thing that's missing is pizza. Don't you wish we had some? Yeah, it was good pizza. Do you see how God uses broken people and how he sets us up, Right? So that he can display his greatness. The psalm we read. This is the stuff we tell our gener the next generation. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be. He wasn't even willing. <laughs> he just got on the plane. And God said, you're right where I need you to be. 
because I've got a girl in front of you. I got a couple to your right or left, and and this is the moment that I'm going to speak through you, even though you don't want me to. And while you're talking, I, just, I feel like if we can do this, I want you to pray. Um, usually we wait to the end and we play really soft music, right? So we can like the emotion stuff. But I, th I feel like there's brokenness in the room. And some of you really resonate with that part of Mike's story. That I've, You might not hate God, but you're not close to him like you once were. And can Mike pray for you just right now? Can we respond right now before I even ask him the next question? And if that is you and you've got the courage to do it, would you just stand where you are? And then someone's going to probably lay their hands, thanks, lay their hands on your shoulder, and, and we're going to pray. We're just going to sit right here and pray. Anybody else? Thank you so much. And it does take courage, I know that. But I, I believe that it's good to respond in the moment and not wait till we get to the end. So, aren't y'all blown away by the courage of people? Okay. Hey, Teresa. Me and you are blown away by the courage of people. Aren't you blown away by the courage of people? Y'all, be in the moment. See what's happening, right? Because God's getting ready to restore his sons and daughters. That's what he's doing right now. He's, he's restoring you. He's getting you ready for your next assignment. Mike, we just pray. Daddy, we love you so much. Daddy, I love you so, so much. And I thank you. You never leave us and you never forsake us. I thank you, Lord, that you give us a freedom for choice. And I pray now, Lord, that choices made in the past for those who have been willing and brave to stand up and say, yeah, that's me will be broken off completely and holy because that's what you do, Lord. And I pray you will just fill with your spirit, with power, with might, with freedom. You came to set the captive free, unlock the chains, unlock the locks to the chains, Lord, and then unlock the chains so that they can fall off. And then smash them to pieces, Lord, so that they can never be linked together again. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Have your way, your way, not ours. Amen. Yeah, amen. Amen. Thank you, y'all, for just being courageous and responding. Yeah. So if you've... Um, how many of you feel like you understand Mike a little bit better even just hearing that story? <laughs> He's like, oh, that's why Mike's so intense. Mm -hmm. I get it. He drank a lot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he ran hard from God, and God ran harder after him. And now Mike is, he just has his heart to run after people, right? <laughs> if you've ever, if he ever, has ever caught you, you know. 
right? He's just running after people because the Father's running after people. So you, there's a phrase that you use, and Mike didn't invent this phrase. And when he describes it, some of you in the room are going to be like, oh, I've done that before. But some of you have never heard this phrase. And I, I have a feeling it's going to be kind of, kind of maybe come part of our language around here, our DNA. So I want to explain treasure hunt. Okay. Um, Michael say like, oh, I've been on treasure hunts. And some of y'all are like, wait, he's a pirate too? What? He's, he's the coolest man ever, right? Um, but treasure hunt has to do with evangelism and yes. with um, the heart of the Father for people. And so maybe just explain what it is. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm, I'm sure you have a story or two that you could share if you want yeah, to. Several. He's got a hundred probably. But. <laughs> so, so treasure hunts are really cool because we're his treasure. We are his treasure. He treasures us. So treasure hunting, all it is, is going to God. Usually after some good worship and, and just getting into his presence. And... Um, then asking him what's on his heart and who he wants you to minister to. And you write that down. It's usually four or five things, and there's some specific questions you can ask, or sometimes you can just say, God, Daddy, what's on your heart? And he'll just give you things like, um, okay, guy with a you know wild, crazy shirt, blue jeans, and some hey dudes with an orange watch band. That will come to you. You write that all down. And the only reason why I did that is because it's right in front of me. It was easy to do. You write that down. Actually, it's better if you time stamp it to your phone because it's usually earlier that you're doing that, and it may be hours earlier. And then you just go out, and you look for that. And when you find it, you know that's who Daddy's heart's for right then and there to do whatever he wants. So an example uh, it's down at Skeel. I was invited to come down with a friend of mine, uh, Joel Crumpton, and he does a lot of treasure hunts, but he does ministry in the inner city of Atlanta. Miracles, untold miracles that, that of healing and transformation and lives changed. And people just remind you a little bit of a, a, a testimony that he would have would be something to me reminds me of Smith Wigglesworth in a way of Smith, uh, I said this earlier today, that the peace of God was on Smith so much that when he would walk into places, he would get into a carriage. A perfect example, he'd say that. He got into a carriage, and the power of the peace of the presence of the Lord was with him so great, he wouldn't have to say anything, but people would start repenting. People would say, I have to get away from you because I can't be around you. They would say that to Smith can't be around you because I know who I am and I, I just can't the conviction is too great God is too great God is too much because they weren't right with God and he would end up repenting obviously and you know and it was it's powerful that's kind of a, a thing that I, I've seen in Joel happen with Joel and um, you know where just his presence is so great and people are just like man I, I need to know Jesus it's powerful. So anyhow, we were at Steel Creek, three days of worship, and then we decided to go out. We split into two groups. It was me, Joel, and another guy, and then like about six or eight other people. We went to Lowe's Home Improvement, and they went to Walmart. 
We went to Lowe's because it's always keep improving. And they went to Walmart because it's the saving place. So um, the reason why we went to Lowe's is because God gave us some specific things and we time stamped it on our phones and then we went to nine different people that we found in Lowe's and everyone had exactly what was in there, some article of jewelry, some type of clothing, something, and everyone was healed. Shoulders, backs, stomachs, uh, headaches, you name it, they were healed. And daddy showed up and they would weep and, and we were in the middle of Lowe's Home Improvement. And people were starting to gather around because this was not something we did quietly. It was, hey, God told us, and if you'll take our hand and we'll just pray, you're going to get healed. And they would do it. They would just do it. And instantly they'd be healed. And at the end, we were getting ready to leave. And this is really cool. Because we found a couple that the Holy Spirit had prompted us to that there was absolutely nothing on our list that <laughs> matched what we should pray for them for. But Joel felt prompted, I felt prompted, we went over and we just asked them, hey, um, is there anything we can pray with you about? Here's what we've been doing and here's what's happened in Lowe's. And they both looked at each other and I went, wow. And the guy said, yeah, yeah, I'm on my back. Now you have to picture this, this guy's about 6'8", about 400 pounds, a big black male, huge guy, huge guy. And um, he had a big round belly and he was just, just big. Big, broad chest, everything. And I think he used to play football or something. I can't fucking remember right. But anyhow, super, super nice guy. And his wife, and, uh, and, and he just looked. And he said, well, yeah, yeah. So Joel lays hands on him and prays for him. And he gets about 35% of that pain gone. And so Joel says, you know, mm, I've seen this before. Is there something in your life that's like maybe hindering you? You got unforgiveness? Because I know unforgiveness will keep you from a healing. It really will. He goes, no, no, I think my brother's still mad at me, though, but I've forgiven him. I'm not mad at him at all, but, you know, that's the only thing I could think of. And he said, well, how about we just, we just tell the Lord again, and we just go through that, and, and you know, and so he just cries out to his, his I mean, I'm telling you, there's people around. He's crying out, God, I, I mean, he's not whispering. He's calling out to God, and, um, and uh, so he goes, and does all that, and instantly God 100% heals him. So we said, do something that you couldn't normally do. And this guy immediately flat hands the ground 10 times. I'm talking like Picture this, 6'8", and probably about 6'8 around. He was big. Now, I don't mean that as a, to be facetiously ignorant. I don't mean that. I'm just trying to describe to you that would not be a normal thing that somebody that large could do and do it pain-free. I was, I was like in amazement, and Joel's like, yeah, come on, God, because he's seen stuff like that so much. I was the first time I seen something like that, and I was like, oh, that is cool. That is so cool. God, you are so good. Yeah. He was either an ex-football player or an ex-tree. <laughs> <laughs> he was big guy. So some, I mean, some of us are a lot smaller than that, and we can't even touch our toes. Yeah. And, I mean, he's palm on the floor. So I wanted fantastic. to add one yeah. more thing to that, if you can. So the greatest and coolest thing about that is, 
at, at the end of all that, they looked at each other and they looked at us and said, we just came from dinner across the street and we wanted to know why God doesn't show up anymore and he doesn't heal people and why he doesn't touch people. So God answered their prayer that they were talking there because they said, we remember the days of old when we were little and we seen our parents and grandparents and the miracles that would happen and things that would happen. What's happened? And God heard their cry because it was heartfelt. They longed for that. They said, you know, they even said to each other, we hope to see that again in our lives. And then wasn't maybe a half an hour later, God touches them yeah. and shows himself that. And as she's weeping, she's just weeping. She's saying, he heard us. Yeah. Mm. So th that'll transform your normal day, right? If you just got up in the morning and said, Lord, today, who, who are you sending me on assignment for? Yeah. Right? You might not know their name. Look, we're a church that believes in words of knowledge and words of wisdom and that the Holy Spirit, when, when Jesus said the Holy Spirit will tell you what is to come, we believe that, right? Um, not so you can win the lottery. Some of y'all have been, like, misappropriating that verse. Like, Holy Spirit, you know the future, so give me tomorrow's winning number. Like, that's not the way it works, right? It's you know what I need now, so I'll be ready for what comes then. And so as I'm in your presence now, reveal to me. Um, and, I, and I know there's, do y'all like stories like that? Okay, because we have tons of them. Like, I can, get, I can bring Jay Phillips up here. He's got stories like that. Uh, Richard Kimmer's got stories like that from Chicago, um, like colored shoes that you're looking for. And it's just amazing how it puts you on alert for the whole day. You don't just, you're not just going to Walmart. You're going on a mission trip, right? You're not just going to the restaurant. You didn't just happen to get the server that you got. This will change radically how you tip your servers. Right? Because you were put at that table on assignment by God to bless that person, not for them to wait on you. Right? This is what treasure hunt means. And I, I want to make sure that we full circle this whole thing. Right? So we start with a testimony of a man who was mad at God and didn't want to be used by God to speak for God. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Did God let him stay there? No. <laughs> God's like... I know you've had five drinks, but this girl needs to know the Romans road, which by the way, during the series in Romans, you're all going to learn the Romans road. You're going to know it. You're going to be able to use it anywhere you go. And so he uses you, kind of almost forces you to speak. Uh, show of hands. You think Mike, how many of you think Mike would tell anybody, anywhere, anytime about Jesus right now? Show of hands. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what that's what it means to be free. Yeah. That's what that's what it means to release the sound of freedom. Yeah. You go from I don't want to be used by God to I always want to be used by God. So when we talk about frequency, we talk about heaven sound coming to earth. This is I want to give you practical like I can look at Mike and go, "Oh, now I can, that's what freedom and evangelism looks like. And he's not, you're not perfect, right? No. I mean, he's close. Yeah. Pretty close. I always look to the family to see. I'm pretty close. <laughs> Chandra's like, he's faking it. <laughs> no, she didn't say that. No. Y'all can't see her. 
but you but you're not perfect. But no. But he had. I just want you to see an example, right? It's, it's not just about how loud we sing in here. It's what we're doing everywhere we go. It's not either or. It's both and. Fill me up here because you go hard after God in this place. Yeah. But he's going hard after God and people everywhere he goes. Yeah. Uh, any, any last, I'll give you the last word. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to have the last word because i got to pray. So I, I here, want, yeah, I want to get full circle. So the reason why I am the way I am is because I did find freedom. And I found it in a car on Odell School Road because God had finally had enough. And he came to me, and it was audible, and it was real. People say, oh, God doesn't speak to you audibly. Well, thank you, because he spoke to this guy audibly. And it was a gentle, the most gentle voice I ever heard in my life. And you know how, like, when you're little and your parents call you by name? Like, they know who you are, but when they call you by all three names, Yeah, it gets your attention, doesn't it? It's like, should I go or should I run? Well, he just said to me only by two names, Dave and Michael. And I heard it. And I looked around in my car. And he said, you're going to die alone in misery. All alone and in misery if you don't learn to forgive. So a heart of bitterness will keep you from forgiving. So the root of my unforgiveness was my heart of bitterness, or the root the root was that heart of bitterness, that, that deep-seated root that I didn't know I had. And uh, I got free that day. He only had to ask me twice because I was still mad, and I screamed at him that I had forgiven. And he just came back very lovingly. You've only learned to forgive with your head, not your heart. But if you'll forgive with your heart, I broke. When I heard that, I broke. About wrecked my car, had to pull over on what's now three. It used to be 136 Presbyterian Church there. I parked in the parking lot, and for the next several hours, I called out names. And with each name, I became free. And the names were, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. Freedom came that day and has never left. That's why you see me dance, why you see me jump, why you see me shout, why you see me go up to pray to free people, why you see me speak over people, why you see all that, because I don't, I don't really care what you think about me anymore or what somebody thinks and I know, no, I sense it because I'm very sensitive to the spirit. There's people in, sitting here and like, look at that fool. Yeah, I'll be a fool for Jesus all day long. I will be a fool for him if it means one makes it to heaven. If it's because my testimony of whatever it is that is spoken or seen, the unspoken. I sat at a bar one time, still away from God, and the presence of God stayed with me. And the gentleman sat next to me and looked me in the face and said, you're not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be here because I know I am. 
God. There's something about you. You're not supposed to be here. That will haunt you when you're running from God. That will haunt you. And prior before, when I went to open the door, to go into there, God said, are you sure you want to go into this place? And me and my brazen boldness said, are you sure you want to come? And again, I'll never leave you or forsake you, but I won't partake of what you're doing. I'm just, I'm overwhelmed by the relentlessness of God, the relentlessness of God to pursue. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you're at. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you're at right now. It doesn't matter where you've been, and it doesn't matter where you're going. He says his love is everlasting towards you. He stretched his arms on a cross, and he said, it's finished. It's complete. I finished it, and I finished it for you, and 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 me. He finished it. It's done. The only thing you have to do is believe, repent, turn, <laughs> and then walk in the right direction he directs you. Yeah. You, can, you can turn and walk in a direction. and We've talked about that. But it's, repentance is turning and walking in the right direction that he directs you. And then that's where the fruit comes. Because when you're walking in the right direction and he directs you, fruit comes. And the fruit that comes will be fruit that remains. Because he won't ever lead you in a direction that he isn't taking you, when you where he needs you to be. So good. There's a parable in the Bible of the lost coin. It's in Luke chapter 18. And a, fr a friend of mine dropped this little bombshell one day. He said he was, he was preaching to his church about that parable when God suddenly revealed to him the coin was lost in the house. And he was like, oh, that'll change the way you preach. Yeah. I think he said literally during the sermon he went, oh, snap, it's y'all. Yeah, that's good. You're lost in the house. That's good. That's right. And as you were talking, I just kept thinking, and we, we do overthink things. We try to overqualify things. But listen, some of you in the house are lost. And the, the master's looking for you. Mm, so he good. swept that house clean so looking for that coin. And when he found it, he rejoiced. Yeah. Right? He's after. You're the treasure. He's after you. Yeah. He's after your heart. He wants you to forgive and not become bitter. He's softening the body. Thank you, Lord. All the things that Mike just talked about, there are people that are in the room right now, maybe watching online, and that's what you need to respond to. Thank you, you might be here, and you literally are not a follower of Jesus. Mm. But like Mike's testimony, you feel pretty good about yourself because you know the verses. You know what to say. Yeah. But as you've been sitting here listening just that sweet conviction of the Holy Spirit, you're just like, ooh, I don't know if I really am following Jesus. So I'd like us just to close this morning by giving you the opportunity to, to be found. Amen. Amen. Right?
Um, can you close your eyes? Lord, um, as we bring this service to an end, I'm so thankful for Mike and his story. I'm thankful not just to his story of how you chased him down, but just the stories of how you're using him to chase people down. It's what you do. Those that have been forgiven much, forgive much. When we, when we feel like we've been forgiven little, we, we tend to forgive little. And so I pray right now for those in this room, those that are watching, that, that you're searching for them. You are sweeping the house clean. And listen, even as I pray this, I feel like there are people in the room and, and you're kind of battling in your mind, wait, is, is Paul saying I'm going to go to hell? I'm just saying that the master doesn't have you. <laughs> he didn't have the coin. He was sweeping the house looking for the coin. Like, don't debate this in your head. Just in your heart right now, would you just tell the Lord, God, here I am. Here I am. I don't want to spend another moment apart from your hand. So reach, reach around the couch, look under the chair, but here I am, pick me up and hold me. And God, I pray that in this moment, you would shrink at the distance between you, you as the Father and the treasure that you're after, and that you would hold us in your hand so that we can be with you and used by you in all the things, God. We want to be found so we can be sent looking for other people that are lost. Yeah, for those in the room that have struggled with unforgiveness, as Mike was talking, I just felt like, man, you were like, that's what I want to deal with right now. We, we ask you to give us the ability through your spirit to forgive those who have hurt us. Because we can't live free if we're holding on to that bitterness. And so I just pray right now in Jesus' name, for a washing of your Holy Spirit over our hearts. That we would leave this place, God, lighter because you're, you're helping us take off that burden of bitterness. Yeah. And finally, give us ears to hear and eyes to see the treasure in this city that you're sending us after. Yes. I pray we would come back to church next week wanting to tell about the people that we encountered that you assigned us to. Prayers that were prayed, bodies that were healed, minds that were made yes. clearer, like anxieties lessened. God, just use us this week to accomplish the work of your kingdom, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Can you tell Mike how much you appreciate his story? It's fun. We, we, we should have gotten pizza right here, yeah, and eaten it in front of them. That would have been awful. Listen, next Sunday is Mother's Day. Um, you have one week warning to get a present if you've forgotten. And um, next Sunday, um, the B99 sitting in the chair right here. Wendy's going to be up here talking, sharing her story. It's going to be awesome. I get to interview my wife. It's going to be fantastic. Um,
more freedom, right? And so uh, make sure you're here. I think we, I think we you bring your family, like get get a picture maybe with your mom. I think Miss Natasha is making us a sweet photo background, and you can like get all that stuff done and um, be the hero, right? We're gonna give away some gift cards next week as well. So this week, if you never open the email from the church, this is the week to open it, so you'll know how to get a gift card for your mom. If you didn't buy her a present, we can give you the present, and you just give it to her, right? It'd be great. So next Sunday, 9 o'clock. All right, y'all get out of here. Go get your kids and go out there and start eating. Make sure you come tell Mike thanks again for sharing his story. And if you need prayer, no doubt we would pray with you in a heartbeat.